This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. Like, oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. Are you ready to be fucked, man? Providing insight. It kind of sounds like some kind of howler monkey. Commentary. It's a vaginal lead-up. And conjecture. He has found himself in a world turned upside down. And now, Gutterball. You were taking a little nap. Did you take a little nap? Yeah, I was taking a nap here. I had to, uh, you know, uh, charge the old batteries. Charge the old little brain battery a little bit? Get something going, yeah. Or else, I don't know, I was afraid I would just, you know, fall asleep in the middle of our recording. You would just hear a thud. And then I would just keep talking? So it'd yes. basically be like any of the rest of our episodes. More or less. <laughs> Okay, well, if, if you feel the need... I'm trying to step up my game a little bit. If you feel the need, you go ahead and and uh, bow out. Take a little, I'll take, little snooze. All right, a little nappy. Just a little nappy, boo. Just take a little nappy, boo. Hey, let's start it off this way. Ready? All right. I'm going to start with another question for our quiz. Just bam, right off the bat. All right, go for it. What is the name of Cynthia's Pomeranian? Now, if if you've listened to this show at all, this mm-hmm. should be an an easy an easy get. Yeah, we've probably said it a billion times. <laughs> a billion, at least a billion. We have entire episodes dedicated to yes. this animal. So, for people just tuning in, what 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 are they supposed to do with this question? If they know the answer, they're listening, yeah. ooh, screaming ooh, their hands at. Up there. Ooh, ooh. Oh, what are I they supposed it. to do? What are they supposed to do with that? Call on me. All right, so go to gutterballs.tv and uh I I'd wait till the end of the episode cuz we're going to have a couple more questions throughout. This is our nefarious plan to force this uh this audio torture onto you. Is you have to listen to the episode to hear all the questions. But once you do and you have the answers, just submit the answers. One, two, three, four, five. Just just put the answers into this an email. Gutterballs.tv. Yeah. Hit on the contact hit form. Hit contact. It'll bring and up a little, inter- and you just put your answers in. Just send it away. We'll figure out the rest. Yep. What do you get for doing that? Whoever gets the most correct answers wins a Big Lebowski t-shirt from the Little Lebowski shop. In New York City. I went there. I purchased them. I brought them back to my domicile. And I will mail it to you. Maybe I'll put another little present in there. Who knows? You never know what might end up in that, that little box. Yeah, and these, these questions are from uh, our pal Gordon, right? Yes, Gordon. Gordon had a Lebowski-themed... Uh, birthday party, and this uh, this quiz was featured at his birthday party. And I don't know that anybody got them all right. So now he now Gordon has an unfair advantage, obviously, because he's got the answer key to this. So we're also putting in uh, Gutterballs themed trivia questions into this. Gutterballs the. Uh... The podcast? The the Lebowski-themed deep cast, yes. Okay. Very nice. 
Very nice. Very good. And I noticed Gordon left us a comment on the last episode there also. He, he did. He did. Which was nice. It's nice to get a comment. It, it know, feels nice. Once every couple of months, somebody throws us a bone and it's like, it just recharges you and you feel like, yeah, I can do this. I can, I can keep it's, going. I don't have to wake up in the morning and feel completely worthless about it's all myself. Worthwhile. Yeah. It really makes a difference. Thank you, Gordon. He said totally awesome. And I guess Gordon, he, you're totally awesome. It, Gordon outclasses us by orders of magnitude. But anyway, this quiz is from him and we've been kind of sitting on it for a while now, but it's good to finally get it in the uh in the hopper here, the coal hopper and have it yes. on the slow burn. So I think there's I'm trying to, I haven't actually looked but I want to say there's there 50 no 29 questions on this quiz is that right looks like 29 questions so by the time we pepper in some of our own uh possibly Lebowski related questions and possibly Gutterballs related questions probably be in the neighborhood of 40 so this quiz is going to be, this contest will be going on for a while. So you have to, so you get the t-shirt only after answering all 40 questions. Right. Whoever answers the most correctly. We're, you know. All right. This is a long haul. Yeah. So in the next. Not unlike our, but it's fitting for our deep cast. It's very fitting. Sometime in 2016, we'll <laughs> compile all of the you know, we'll compile the submission. Probably we'll get one, and it'll be from Gordon, because he has the answer key. So by default, he'll have the most correct answers. But you know what? If people are pissed about that, well, fuck you. Don't take the quiz then, man. You know? Just because there are rules doesn't mean the rules have to make sense. We're making them up as we go along. But step one is to submit some answers to these questions. So if you know the name of Cynthia's quote-unquote Pomeranian, that's question one. And well, I had... It's actually question... Well, yes. It's, six? I don't know. We're already screwing this up, man. I'll tell you what. If someone... I, the first person to answer for any given episode <laughs> is entered into a drawing for the t-shirt. Let's put it that way. A drawing of one. Right. This is actually question six. You're right. But there was three and three A. Because I'm trying to keep it. But we should just, right. do, we should eliminate that three A. I hope you're keeping track. I do. I have kept track. Otherwise, here. we're going to have to go back and like re-listen to all these episodes oh, to reconstruct what the hell no. questions were. You know that is not happening. It's <laughs> <laughs> hell on earth. No, so, I have them. I'm keeping track of them. Here, I'm going to write this one down. So you go ahead and all right. you can pick it up. So I have a revisit. I got tons of revisits. Uh, so this, is many. A, this is maybe a quick revisit, but also this was some other listener feedback I okay. received. All right. Um, you received the, this personally. Some of the, the so-called marshmallows in the audience took umbrage with my playing fast and loose with the numbers regarding the Kickstarter campaign last week. I, and I don't, it was know, demanded that I set the record straight. I don't really have any idea what that means, Brad. Can you help me? Please help me understand what you're talking about. 
I am talking about last week we discussed the Veronica Mars Kickstarter. They're called marshmallows. They're okay. called marshmallows. That's right. Yes. The fans of the show. It is a reference show. from the show. Early right. on, okay. she ironically calls herself a marshmallow, meaning gotcha. like she's like a softie. Okay. When really she's the opposite of that. She just appears soft on the surface, but she's like tough as nails, figuring yes, shit out. Exactly. Gotcha. So she, so, and I don't know, I probably fucked up that explanation, so I'll get a bunch of mail about that too. <laughs> you but know what? You just said you liked getting feedback, so. That's perfect. Don't I'm going to keep it. making, I'm going to keep uh, angering various fandoms. So basically. That's my strategy. Y- your wife was like, listen, that's incorrect. Yeah, but- you're right. That's pretty much what happened. She sent me a text. <laughs> she made you sleep on the couch. <laughs> it was, uh, so the so the goal of the Kickstarter campaign was two million dollars, okay. And ki- they, the Kickstarter actually raised five point seven million. You know, it seemed to me like you were underselling it a little bit, but I didn't have the numbers, and I didn't yeah. want to. You're more into that world than me, so I didn't want to yeah. tell you how wrong you were. Yeah. I, five, I've learned my lesson. I'll tell you how wrong you are from now on. Five point seven million. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I started to watch the supercut of the uh, Big Lebowski Mars. What is it called? Mars Mars Volta. Veronica Mars. That's it. But so so the two minute and thirty second supercut just got to be too much after a while. Well, it's good no. to spread that out over a couple days. Yeah, I want to take it easy with it. I didn't have audio. You know, I kind of. That doesn't like, quite work. <laughs> it doesn't quite work if you can't hear it. No, I it's imagine. It's not quite the same. That's, you know, a good portion of its uh, relevancy. But yeah, it was like I was eating lunch at work. It's like, oh, let me click on that. But it's, I didn't, didn't. It's a long story. I'm like, yeah, screw that. Some other time. But the first shot was actually just a long shot of a television. And the dude is going on about, let me explain something to you. I'm not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. Blah, blah, blah. And he does that yes. whole thing. So picture was actually, I knew what was going on. I didn't need the audio for that. But I'll take a look at it here at some point. So that was your revisit? That was my revisit. Just wanted to clear that up. Cleaning up some of your incompetence. Yep. All right. Good. Good deal. Good deal. Mopping up after my own mess. <laughs> so I've got a revisit. But this is not from the previous minute. It's from 4910. That would be episode 50. 50. Right, so two episodes ago. So if you go to 4910, this is about the license plate. Oh, this on... is going to be a stickler. You're going to be a, one of these, right? It's no, it's not. I'm not being an asshole about anything. It's very, right, it's, it's a juicy bit. I've got some juicy bits here, Brad. Juicy bits. Gonna move ya. You remember those commercials? I do. How absurd they were. Like, they're like surfing, like water skiing and like jumping through the air. Too so soft. Gets right to ya. Juicy bits, the taste, the taste, the taste is gonna move ya. And it's like, pow, 
and then they turn and look and hair flying everywhere. Such simpler advertising times. And it's like, oh, it's like this gum. Oh, I love this gum. And that gum was so delicious for three and a half seconds. Yes. And and then it was like... You felt like that for three and a half seconds. For three and a half seconds, you really did. And then it was like chewing on the corner of a Pizza Hut pizza box. And it's like, well, shit, I need another piece. And it's pretty genius if you think about it. It's like, just have it be delicious, you know, when you pop it in your mouth. But then it'll only last three seconds. So you'll go through that five pack, five piece pack of gum in like two minutes. And then you'll need more unless you got the 21 piece pack. And it was like carrying around a brick in your pocket. But you felt invincible when you had one of those 21 piecers. Well, didn't they have like the big, like it was like a, like a, it was like a case of those 21 piecers. Maybe if you were fancy and had like a self-feeding coal hopper in your basement you could afford that maybe yes it was like it was like an actual brick (laughs) right and you could just take it and hold it up to your nose and smell it in (laughs) which was almost better than actually chewing the gum it was similar because the smell was almost as satisfying as actually putting it in your mouth when you pop it in your mouth you pop it in your mouth and you just have this like kind of like instant Chew's so soft, Brad. Gets right to you. You know? And then, didn't they have... I think they had... I'm gonna have to look it up, but I think they had, like, um, like gender-specific versions of those commercials. Like, one aimed toward so-called dudes, and one aimed towards chicks. And I'm not sure if the one with the dudes was probably aimed at the chicks, and the one with the chicks was probably aimed at the dudes. Right, that's what I was just wondering. I would imagine. We we could look this up. I mean, we don't need to. It's confusing. Yeah. Like doing, like. Like, do you want to picture yourself as the man and, like, pretend that you're that awesome? Or do you just want to see, like, scantily clad women? So which is. Well, I think there's some weird homoeroticism. Latent in advertising. I think all through the mid-80s, that was true. Culminating with Top Gun volleyball scene, of course. Yes. Oiled up. That was the... Goose and Maverick. That was the high watermark. Yeah. With the right kind of eyes, you can look back in time and see where that wave crashed upon the Top Gun shores and then receded. (laughs) (laughs) Juicy fruit. Why? Why am I talking about... I have a revisit. Ah, jeez. Here, I found the link to the water skiing, though. We'll we'll put that up there. Whatever. Yeah, but, I uh, just watched it as well. <laughs> I didn't watch it. I, it's too distracting, because they're ripping their clothes off. And the one guy looked like Luke Duke. Luke was the blonde one, right? I never remember. Like, the music? Or his oh, bow. Re... Visiting a lot of, uh, you know, 80s music from, like, pop culture. Not necessarily, like, like pop songs, but things from TV. Like, in my mind, they always seem much more intense. Like, your Juicy Fruit example, right? Like, in your mind, in my mind, in my memory, it's like, oh, that was like some, they were really, you know, laying down the Juicy Fruit they were, they were kicking it up. 
a but level it or always two. seems when you go back to actually see it it seems way like slower like yeah. the whole world has sped up since then and it's weird and shocking to go back to the 80s and see how slow it is well you know what else does this the gi joe all, theme song it's all literally shot in slow motion though this commercial so yeah and this and the music is also like you know it's it's yeah it's just the tempo oh you know what i've been screwing that song up my whole life the taste is gonna 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 moo it's the gonna 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 that repeats i thought it was the taste that taste that taste is gonna move you but it's the taste is gonna 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 move you did you make that same mistake or am i the only one i'm not sure i never went down that particular road hmm Wow, I but it's like you know, get your ski shined up, grab a stick of juicy fruit. Do you feel like the, the taste? It's like the slow. The turntables down down on yeah, thirty three like, instead of forty five, or mm-hmm. the other I think way. I might have mentioned this earlier. The GI Joe theme song. I don't remember this. He's done the same thing. It's like he'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. GI Joe is there. GI <laughs> Joe. A real American hero. It's like slow. Like in my mind, it was like no. In your mind, fight is... for trouble, for fight for freedom, wherever there's trouble. GI Joe is there. GI Joe. Like that's how the song is in my mind. You look it up on YouTube, and it's all slow. So is Herman Munster singing it on YouTube also, or it's something like that? <laughs> it's something exactly like that. <laughs> I don't know about this. See, the the Juicy Fruit commercial seems about right to me. Seems slow to you? Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's like when my something about aging, growing, like the synapses in your brain get further apart and things are different. There's some, I don't know. Wait a minute, Taco Bell 1979 TV ad? Taco Bell was around in 1979? Probably in some area. I mean, I didn't experience Taco Bell until, I want to say, 1986 was the first time I just... I did not experience Taco Bell till 93, 94. Holy crap. Wow. Well, I went down to... My mom and my brother and I went down to Colonial Williamsburg. She took us on a trip, and I got my first polo shirt. Ralph Lauren polo shirt, and it was salmon colored. And I put it on. I'm like, I'm wearing my short sleeve polo shirt with my little horsey on it. And I felt pretty damn fancy. First day, I wear it, and we're driving. It's like Taco Bell fast food tacos. Holy shit. So we went through the drive through. And got Taco Bell. And it's like, it was a seminal moment. But as I opened up my first taco, hard taco, and I tilted it towards my mouth and I bit into it, the grease dripped out the back of the paper wrapper right on to my new polo shirt. And for the rest of the time I had that polo shirt, that grease stain was there. (laughs) 
the first well, within like minutes of getting my first polo shirt it had a permanent grease stain on the front of it it's so depressing it was just ugh can't describe how bummed i was about that but i wore it anyway you know fucking wore it anyway man i wasn't going to let a little grease stain keep me from my a polo shirt. I don't know why I started talking about Juicy Fruit, but I have, I want to get to my revisit. All right, let's get to that revisit. So we're treated to, in this minute, minute, um, episode 50, minute 50, and at, so if you back up to 4904, we can see both license plates of both of these cars. That's number one. So I'm looking at the back of the limo that the dude arrives in. And number one, there's the license plate. Bam. So that seems rare. Like, usually they try to not show them, I guess. But also I'm just noticing they've kind of, like, smashed up the rear bumper to eliminate, like, reflections of the dolly and the crew and stuff, probably, which I didn't notice before. But anyway, as we um, dolly over to the other car where the dude gets shoved in, we can also see the front of that car and see that license plate number. And the license plate number, Brad, is 1E49975. Yes, so, it is. So I got to, like, looking around just like Googling these numbers and seeing if there's any relevance to it. And I came across a dude's paper article and they mentioned the license plate of the taxi that the dude gets thrown out of when he complains about the Eagles being on is mm -hmm. the same number. So they used the same license plate. Did you go to the film? I did. And I confirmed that. Same license plate. Yank it off this car, throw it on the other car. Now, is that somebody's license plate? Did they have to make that? Do you have to get some kind of special permission? Mort Krim? Brad? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck is Mort Krim? Did he sing the Juicy Fruit song? <laughs> Oh, I don't know the answer to that. Oh, you know, your behavior is baffling from time to time. But anyway, that's a juicy bit. That's how I got onto Juicy Fruit. There's a juicy little bit. They used the same license plate on the Big Lebowski's Lincoln as the uh, angry taxi cab driver's taxi. So then I got to looking at all the license plates I could find in the movie. And one thing I hadn't noticed is the dude's license plate says 376-PCE. Peace. Because he's a pacifist. How about that? How about that? And these are things, you know... 376. You, yeah, they didn't have too much for that except, like, you know, th this was, like, the dude's paper article... And I think I have a link to this there, but they talk about um, the number seven being 
Um, I have to look it up to get it right. I don't want to get um, an angry email from Christine the Playbill. But, um, so the dude's car is the chariot, and they, and this is like tarot cards and crap like that. In the tarot deck, the cardinal number of the chariot is seven. So three, seven, six. And then they do one of my little tricks where they start adding up the individual di digits. Three plus seven plus six, 16. Then you add the one and the six, you get seven, whatever. That's kind of like from the movie Pi, where it's like if you start looking for the number 314, you'll see it everywhere. But anyway, two cars with the same license plate. There you go. That was, I think that was Interstate my... Interstate 376 is a major auxiliary route of the interstate highway system in the U.S. state of Pennsylvania, located within the Allegheny Plateau. Oh, right, right. Around Pittsburgh. They got 576 and 376 over there, don't they? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think that unnerving business in Pittsburgh is behind the dude at this point. So I don't know what that has to do with anything. We might be reaching there a little bit. Um, another one, though, real quick, I don't need to spend too much time on this, is I went back to 4544, so going way back now. So just park yourself on 4544 real quick. 4544. 4544. 45 44. 45, 44. 44. That number again was 45, <laughs> 44. <laughs> what do you see? I Tell see Carl Hungus. <laughs> Carl Hungus. In his uh, BMW convertible. His uh, cable repairman work vehicle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's his work car going out to fix some cable. He's a very glamorous cable repairman. So he I drives just, <laughs> a nice convertible. The other thing I did was look hangs up, out with banging hot chicks. Banging hot chicks. Asia Carrera. Um I looked up His like, license plate is zero oops. Zero five eight, I think. LTC. Yeah, that one's a little harder to see. The eight, it might be a six, but it could be a Q. Q no, five. No Q. Oh, maybe a Q. You watch it go by. Yeah, it's hard nihilist. to hard to pause it because it's a little blurry in yeah. uh, in pause mode. Maybe it's a Q. I'm pretty sure that it's uh, in this frame. It's very clearly five eight five eight LTC. Yeah, five eight LTC. The first one. Yeah, Q. It's hard to say that it would be a Q. It might be a Q. It looks like it's aren't Q. the zeros more narrow? And, and I think they have the little uh, the little widget go straight down, kind of on a license plate, like more straight down than kind of diagonally slicing through the Q. And it looks like this is going straight down. I don't know, but I looked up like I I don't know anything about cars. But I looked up BMW convertible, and this looks about right for a 1991 BMW convertible. And the limos also looked, as far as I could tell, relatively like 
time period accurate? Well, both those things are kind of, uh, they're slow to change, I feel. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a, an element of timelessness to some degree. But I got on this big car kick, so then I'm like, oh, where else are there cars? So when the dude and Walter and Donnie come out of the bowling alley and the dude's car's been stolen, mm-hmm. there's a car to the right to the, of the empty space, which looks like a Honda Accord. They were very boxy back then. And so I looked it up. I wanted to make sure like that was the right style, and that looked about right. But by 1998, when they actually made this movie, a new Accord had that more contoured shape. So that... That was something they had to pay attention to, and they did a good job of like finding finding an accurate model of of Honda Accord there. This is a three hundred series BMW, but I don't know. All right, those are those are my revisits. I think I'm done. We'll put up some links to some of this crap. Oh, the oh, 1E49975. The only thing I could find with that set of numbers was a link to some, like, this piece of music. Sort of like, I don't want to say symphonic. Anyway, the link is there. If you feel so compelled, you can listen to it. I guess it's, it's, symphony music but it's like this is like the number base well it was uh no no not that the number but yeah that's a that could be a hexadecimal uh color which is a blue color also but the the only thing i could find of any interest was it didn't turn into a link here it's just so you just um, mean this like goear.com yeah but this would be, it's like a piece of classical music, but it's a, the kind of like classical music that would be playing like in a cartoon, like a Bugs Bunny type cartoon when there's no dialogue happening and like there's maybe some kind of chase going on. But it would be like the Twilight Zone version of the Bugs Bunny cartoon, like from Twilight Zone, the movie where Anthony like sends his sister into that horrible cartoon where she gets eaten. And then that, like, crazy-eyed rabbit, like, comes bursting out of the TV, like, into the how like, this monster with the teeth. It'd be like playing in that version of the Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yes, this is a piece of music by Pierre... Boulet. Boulet, who was a French composer, conductor, writer, and pianist. Age 88. Still going, huh? Good for him. Or is it how, how old he was when he made this no, piece? No, he's still going. Good. Born 26 March 1925. But anyway, the end of... Uh, he experimented with these people that experimented with controlled chance. Controlled chance? Who is he, Jeff Goldblum? Apparently. Is that even I'm mean? thinking more like the John Cage. I'm not sure if that's what he means. But... Hmm. You can kind of like 
introduce elements of randomness. I see. Anyway, the it's a uh, some kind of shockwave player, but it's like file equals blah blah blah, and then the last six right characters <laughs> of this website are the same as that license plate. So there is, I'm guessing, some sort of hexadecimal number to identify the file on this website, and it just so happens to be that. Right. Which also, if you type that's that in, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. Could be worse. And so if you type, find that. if you make that into a hexadecimal representation of a color, type that into the, you know, your BG equals blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. It's a sort of like a medium blue, medium it's kind dark of one blue. digit too long to be a color. Isn't it six? It's six. One, two, it's... three, four, five, six. Oh, okay. Well, it disregards the five then. Thought Probably. Was, yeah. Or the one. Either way, it's a, it's a, whatever, if you copy those seven digits and paste them into a field in like Photoshop or something, it will give you, it'll return a blue color for you. What that says about this, I don't know. The Big Lebowski is very sad. (laughs) It's a sad, sad sack of a man. Therefore, his license plate turned into a color is blue. All right, you want to play the minute now? Yeah, that's a excellent. It's a good play. Or here, we'll one more quiz idea. question, and then we'll play the minute. How's that sound? All right, and then we can. We're done with the revisits. Done with the revisits and after the jumping, that. jumping around. <laughs> I maybe the major numerology. This installment of Big Lebowski numerology <laughs> has come to a close. Uh, ready for another number, though? One more number. Number seven. Ready for seven? It's I'm ready. S- Lay it on me. It's the seventh question in our Lebowski trivia quiz. I wouldn't know the answer to this one. In fact, I don't know the answer to this one. So, in the fight scene between the nihilists and Walter, which nihilist is holding a gun? So there you go. There's question number seven. In the fight scene between the Nihilists and Walter, which Nihilist is holding a gun? So as you, as you uh, mull that over, we'll listen to the minute. She needs money, man. And, you know, of course they're going to say they didn't get it uh, uh, because she wants more. Man, she's got to feed the monkey. I, I mean, uh, hasn't that ever occurred to you, man? Sir? No, Mr. Lebowski, it had not occurred to me. That had not occurred to us, dude. Well, okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new shit, so, uh, you know, but, hey, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. <laughs> mm. Speaking of which, do you think uh, that you could uh, give me my 20000 in cash? Uh, my concern is, and I've got to check it with my accountant, but that this might bump me up into a higher tax... Uh... Grant, give him the envelope. Oh, well, you've already got the, the check made out. That, that's cool. We received this this morning. Okay, so we're back. We're still in this car, Brad. That had not occurred to us, dude. <laughs> no, dude. No, Mr. Lebowski, that had not occurred to me. The Big Lebowski doesn't reference Brandt, 
but in everything Brandt does, he always is inclusive. He's never out freewheeling and freelancing on his own. He always includes titular Lebowski in his thoughts, any comments, any actions or decisions he makes. Well, he doesn't make any decisions. Big Lebowski doesn't really care so much about Brandt. Poor fella. He's just there to be a doormat for the guy. Well, you know, exactly. But you know, that's what keeps Brant like engaged, right? He's he is trying to please, trying to please, trying to get the approval that will never come, and it's what keeps him such a loyal servant. Yeah, poor guy. He's dead, Brad. Well, you, you had to mention that, didn't you? Well. He's so young. If we forget also. the past, we're doomed to repeat it. You don't want him dying again on us, do you? Once was bad enough. He's not coming back. He's There's a sequel. He's not going to be in it. Just face the unvarnished truth, Brad. Unless they recast with a body double... And uh, UCGI. Aren't they doing that a little bit in the Hunger Games I believe they're doing that for... I heard they're doing that for both the Hunger Games as well as Fast and the Furious 7 with Paul Walker. Is P.S. Hoff featured in those movies, the Furious movies? No, but Paul Walker famously died in a car crash. Right, right. Okay. And they had to put that franchise on a brief hold. Right. While they... Had to come to grips with that. We can rebuild him in the computer. I mean, yeah. It's a tough... I mean, the P.S. Hoff thing is one thing, because they had already shot, like, almost all the movies. They just needed, like, a couple... Right, just a couple ...extra scenes. Right. Whereas, if you're just... They're doing a whole new movie, and you're going to be like... I don't know. They couldn't have, like... Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to know what the deal is there. So, they're... What you're saying is they're creating a movie that had not been started at the time of Paul Walker's death. It's like, now that Paul Walker is dead, let's make a new movie. And they're going to try to have him in it somehow? Is that what you're telling me? Well, let me... Okay, I'm going to get it all wrong, right? Because this is just <laughs> like the hearsay. This is like the... I overhear people talking about this stuff. More letters, Brad. I'm glad you're getting the letters. I don't want any letters. Go ahead. Lay it on me. All right. So this says... All right, so I guess I'm wrong. I guess they did start filming the seven. Okay. But theoretically weren't that far into it. Yeah, I'm not really sure, but they are completing it with body doubles and CGI. Wow. And I guess really it's the face. The faces are going to be the hardest part. You stay wide. You keep it real quick. You don't show it full on can't make out with anybody i guess ugh 
Here it is. Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2 will use a CGI Philip Seymour Hoffman to complete filming. I wonder how extensive that's going to be, how much they can get away with. Yeah, I don't, I wonder. I mean, I think... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, from what I remember when he passed away, they said that, you know, most of it was done. There was just like two weeks of filming left. And there was only like a couple scenes that he was actually included in. Hmm. I mean... Obviously, you focus on the real tragedy, which is he's dead now. But, you know, you have, what, hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe a hundred million dollars wrapped up all these people's times, all these expectations, whole film that you've spent years, how many man hours working on, and then it's like, oops, I guess Mm -hmm. that movie can't be finished. But no, they're they're gonna do it somehow. It reminds me of... I don't know why this movie keeps coming up, but have you seen Twilight Zone, the movie, Brad? Yes. Like a long the time Dan ago. Aykroyd. Yeah. Want to see something really scary. Want to see one. something really scary. We just had my daughter watch that like, a couple of years ago while we were down on vacation and like during uh, Terra 20,000 Feet with John Lithgow and he opens the window and the thing is right there outside. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just... Oh, my brother and I just scared the living bejesus out of her with that. You know, you turn all the lights off and you're watching it and you just wait. You know, I've seen it a hundred times and you just get right up behind her. So right when it happens, it's like, (laughs) it's so twisted. Oh, I love it though. Anyway, Twilight Zone, the movie, there was, um, it's uh what's his name? Uh, Vic Morrow in the the Nazi segment where he's this racist and this bigot and like he starts transporting through time and like he's all these different like downtrodden and persecuted minorities in different periods of history. He goes yes. to Nazi Germany and he's Jewish. Uh he's in the South and he's a black man. And like every time it's like he'll get thrown or punched and then he'll wake up somewhere even more horrible. He's in Vietnam and he looks Vietnamese and the Americans are trying to get him. But during one of the Vietnam scenes, um, he was carrying this this little kid and like, you know, he's realizing, oh, my behavior sucks, so he starts to turn his you know, turn his attitude around over the course of this segment, but so he's helping this little Vietnamese kid. But on the set of the movie, there was a helicopter, and it crashed into like the swamp he was running through, and the blade came down and just sliced him and the kid right in half. And it's they have it. You can probably find it if you were that inclined. That's not a link we're going to be putting on there, but yeah, and it just um, the rotor came off. It just, oh, two children. It killed three of them. Ugh. Terrible. So anyway, 
that segment, like, it kind of ends weirdly. It sort of just comes to an end, and he, he ends up on a train, on a train car, like, I guess going to a concentration camp. But it was supposed to, like, have more of a part, I guess, kind of end with his um, coming around, his, <clears throat> what would you call it? Not salvation, but his, um, I don't know. Not rejuvenation. His uh, redemption. His, uh, his redemption, thank you. But it didn't really... So it just kind of ends. Yeah, and he's just kind of... He can see his friends from the beginning of the movie, but they can't see him because they're in different times. And he just... The train leaves and he's on the car. It just kind of ends. Spielberg was co-producing that film... And uh, he actually, John Landis was the director. They actually broke off their friendship after that. And uh, Spielberg said that the crash made him grow up a little bit more. Yeah. And, but anyway, to, to the point, with regard to how the crash had influenced people's attitudes towards safety, he said, no movie is worth dying for. I think people are standing up much more now than ever before to producers and directors who ask too much. If something isn't safe, it's the right and responsibility of every actor or crew member to yell, cut. But, you know, that hasn't really happened. Because you heard about the train accident down in Georgia, right? It was, um, mm. I guess it was outside of Savannah. And they didn't really, it was a some sort of biographical movie about Greg Allman, I guess. And they had gotten the schedule for the trains, and they were on a bridge on train tracks, and two trains were supposed to come through, and they came through, but they weren't supposed to be on the tracks. They were supposed to be filming near the tracks, but they're like, no, we need this shot, and they went up onto the bridge on the train tracks, and a friggin' third train came through. They heard it coming, and everybody, like, tries to run off the tracks, but... Oh, Jesus. The one of them, I guess there was a mattress there, and, like, one of them didn't make it and got hit. So if you... It's so terrible, but it's... Uh, her name was... Ah, uh, Sarah... Sarah Elizabeth Jones. There's a lot of movies. You'll see this around if you Google it, but a lot of movies are doing slates for Sarah, so they're putting her name on all the slates so they, you know, have the time code up there and they say, slate, and they, and they snap it. Her name is on there. But again, it's disregard for, for safety. But I guess Paul Walker didn't die in the filming of the movie. He just died in, like, his own car accident, right? Yes. Yeah. But it is, I often in my mind, I don't know, it's just an interesting note that he died driving a fast car too fast. Right. Was he angry at the time? He was furious. <laughs> Do we know? We don't know. Actually, I think the latest that it might have ended after all their forensics or whatever that it was actually like his friend was actually driving, possibly. I don't remember. Oh, there were two deaths? There was another person in the car with him, yeah. And then the jackass guy died in a car accident too I didn't really know him but whatever 
I put a link to Slates for Sarah. It's just sad. But it's right. No movie is worth dying for. But, you know, it's like, gotta get that shot. Gotta get that shot. Now you get into that, that sort of zone, that mindset of like, anything for the shot. So I guess I'll tell this story now. Switching gears perhaps a little bit, but um, the jumping off point here is gotta get that shot. So when I was shooting my senior thesis film at film school, because I went to film school, Brad, look how fancy I am. Excuse me. <coughs> it's God punishing me for being haughty. I needed a shot, Brad, of yes. the sunrise over the ocean. It's had this picture. It's like, oh, yes, I got to get that. So I was at Penn State, which is in the middle of Pennsylvania. The nearest ocean is the Jersey Shore. So that's probably a th- three and a half hour drive, four yes. hour drive, maybe some, somewhere in there. So you mean the actual New Jersey coastline of the Atlantic Ocean? The Atlantic you Ocean. You do not mean Jersey Shore, Pennsylvania. No, that would have been a which much is a, shorter only about 40 journey. minutes from here. Yeah, you should put a, a link to that so people can know the difference. Because it's a much more substantial drive to the Atlantic Ocean than it is to Jersey Shore. The Jersey Shore. The Atlantic Ocean. So it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. And I'm there. My wife is there. Joss Whedon is there. Um, uh, TMC Cubed is there. These are people that are helping out. My wife was starring in it. Joss Whedon was starring in it. <laughs> like we had everybody that we needed. And it's like, you know what? It's two o'clock in the morning. Let's drive there right now. We need this this sunrise shot. Everybody's like, all right, let's do it. We got in the car. We drove to the Jersey Shore, driving, driving, driving. Brad, I had to urinate so bad, like an hour into that trip. But it's like we're racing against the clock. Sunrise is it, you know, so we left at like 2, 2, maybe 2.30 by the time we got everything together that we needed. So we're going to get there at like Mm. 6.30, and it's like, what time is sunrise? We didn't really, it wasn't as easy to just like, off the cuff, look things up on the internet while you're in a car driving there. We knew it was going to happen sometime around like seven. We weren't exactly <laughs> sure. Are you going to make it there, buddy? I don't know. The story <laughs> just has me. I'm tinterhooked. So we were, I got to piss so bad and I'm driving, but I'm like, can't stop. Got to get that shot. Got to get that shot. We get there and it's like we're looking out to the east where the sun is going to come up. And I swear, it looks like. It's gonna. It's about to peek its head over the top of the ocean. And the thing is, I wanted this to be a time lapse shot, so I wanted to get, you know, I had to get like at least at least half an hour, maybe forty five minutes, ideally, of footage, so the sun could like, like come up over the horizon. You could play it in fast motion, you know, mm-hmm. so you get a lot of movement there. So we get there at like six thirty run out there, set the tripod down, and press record, and just let it sit there and start recording. I have to piss so, so, so bad. I don't know if I've ever had to piss that bad in my life, Brad, but I can't now. I gotta get the shot. And I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. And the thing is, the ocean's pretty flat. 
so it the sunrise looks like it's a lot closer than it actually is. 45 minutes, Brad. It was like 7.15, 7.20 maybe by the time it finally poked its head. And I just had to sit there. Like, just, I felt like a big gulp, a big gulp of urine. And I couldn't leave because I gotta get the shot. Finally, the sun peeks its head over the horizon. I have to let it go a little bit, you know, too, so I can have that shot of it, like, coming up over and then starting to move through the sky. So I swear it was an hour. I ran through a whole mini-DV tape, an hour of just standing there like, is it gonna happen, please? Finally I got it. I press stop, and I look around, and I realize it's like 7.15 in the morning in this... We were in Ocean Grove, New Jersey, which is a dry town. Not only a dry town, it's a it's a it's a Christian town, Brad. There's okay. there's very little there. There's and nothing open at seven o'clock in the morning, let alone that I'm just out in the middle of the like beach. There's just there's no like shops along the board. This is a sleepy Christian non alcoholic town here. There's nothing. And I'm like, oh shit. And the, I have to piss so bad. What am I going to do? And it's like, you know what? There's only one thing I can down, can't, can do. I walk down. I just walk down to the edge of the water. And it's like, I'm, I just have to do it. I kind of go near the jetty. And I kind of face the ocean. We came from the ocean, so in some ways it's reconnecting yeah. with our ancestry. And I just put my hands on my hips and pretended like I was admiring the sunrise. I just got down in the water, and I just I let it loose, Brad, and the angels sang. The angels <laughs> sang for no me doubt. and my release. Except that in my haste, I had walked right down to the edge, and I was kind of near a jetty to like break up the the uh, skyline break up my pattern a little bit if somebody was like on the boardwalk looking down mm-hmm. <laughs> so in my haste I walked right down to where the edge of the water was but it was between waves so as I started urinating mm. I looked and here comes a wave bloom and it crashes like 5 feet from me cuz I wasn't really paying attention and the what it just starts surging towards me as I'm pissing into the ocean, and all I can do is, I was like ah, and I just like started scurrying backwards as fast as I could go, pissing and it's shooting to the left, to the right, up in the air, all around, and I'm just scuttling backwards. Now I'm running, and the water is right there. I hit a rock part of the jetty rock that was kind of jutting up out of the Mm. sand and I just boom just fall (laughs) just right on my butt right on my back just flat on my back oh now you're pissing and I'm pissing straight up into the the air air, and it's coming back down onto myself and I see it like a perfect like a little cherub like (laughs) Like urinating, little cherub fountain urinating straight up into the air and it's coming down on my chest. Fortunately, the water was surging so much that I only 
was pissing on myself for like a second and a half, two seconds before the water then <laughs> came and crashed over me. So now I'm pissing on myself and the wave has just washed right. over me. And I almost didn't care because I was just like, I yeah. just am pissing now and I'm soaking At that point, wet. You don't so care. Yeah. All, all dignity and class has left the building. I'm just going to lay on to my, you know, at that point, you need to go so bad. Like, I'm not sure why I even did any of the pretense. Why you didn't just go lay on your back on the beach. And <laughs> just piss on myself. Just piss into the air onto yourself. <laughs> I need to go so bad. I learned a valuable lesson next time, you know. That's just do that. That's, you just Cut do out it. the drama. Just lay on your back. You know, so, so, so you got to feed got the monkey. to the beach. Yeah. You couldn't. So the reason you didn't relieve yourself like as soon as you got there was you were thinking like oh well i need i can't just do this in public or you were just so concerned that like you to leave the camera for 60 seconds yeah i was directing well 60 what was i gonna do at that point it hadn't occurred to me like i hadn't thought it through that there was nothing open you know at penn state 7 a.m. There's somewhere like an establishment. There's somewhere you can go right to pee. There was so you nothing. were thinking, you, like the beach was not an acceptable urination spot. No, for you. not at all. It's wide open. And you were like, like, I would have to leave. I have to go find a 7-Eleven to pee. Right, I get can't in the car, do that. I'm drive just gonna have somewhere. To wait. Right, I'll just wait. I'll get the shot, and then when the shot's done, and we still had more filming to do on the beach, but it's like. The time-sensitive shot was the sunrise. Right. So it's like, I have to get this shot, and then I'll take care of the So peeing. then you did the rest of the shoots, the rest of the shots covered. You directed them while you were covered in urine and sea foam. <laughs> yes. Is that correct? Yes. And I think it really comes across. I think it, I think it makes a difference. I think it added some authenticity. Definitely. Definitely, and, direction, which then was you could see in the actors, <laughs> right? Because I'm on screen for much of the that scene. In fact, all of it, perhaps. I was actually like on a chair, like hovering over the actors. <laughs> so I'm like above, probably dripping urine and seawater onto them. So if you, with the right kind of eyes, again, if you watch that scene, you can probably see urine infused seawater dripping into the frame and onto their faces and mouths. Anyway, that's my gotta get the shot story. But that was just me having to urinate. It didn't involve death, thank goodness. Although for that same movie, we did go to Centralia, and we were driving around on places where we weren't supposed to be driving around, which probably wasn't the best seeing as how the earth could open up and swallow us at any moment. And it would be a fiery, a fiery pit will open up. <laughs> right, the fiery mouth of hell will swallow you up. I put, uh, I don't know, I'm jumping all over here. 56.35, when the dude, is this when he, the license plate on his car looks white now when he looks at it at the at the impound when he picks Walter up at Sobchak security to go on their mission to throw the yeah. ringer and deliver the money it's blue the rear license plate but in the impound now it looks like it's white the impound 
Isn't that what they call it? So you jumped ahead at this point. Yeah, I'm jumping all over, but I was just on this license plate kick, so I wanted to close out this loop before we moved on. I see. So it is it changes color. Well, maybe. Is this it's, the rear license plate? Yeah, or the, the rear. The rear. Because <clears throat> you could see it pretty distinctly at during the um when he picks Walter up to go on their money delivery run. And here, maybe it's just mud covered. I don't know. It doesn't look dark blue, though. That's for sure. You want me to tell you a joke? Please do. So this is a joke that became popular at NASA, and that's the United St <clears throat> the United States Space Agency. They used yes. to send people into space and, like, men onto the moon and shit like 50 years ago or something 45 years ago no, we couldn't do that now it's a different time so anyway 60s and 70s we sent monkeys into space before humans brad so we kind of had to teach the monkeys how to do basic tasks i guess in the in the uh, spacecraft so the joke went something like this. So this was, you know, monkeys have been going into space, and now the first human is, like, training, and finally, finally, we're going to send, we're going to send a man into space. But the first time that NASA sent the man up in space, a monkey has to go with him. And, you know, NASA radios to the spacecraft, monkey, check the solid fuel levels. Monkey does it. A little bit later, monkey, uh, check the uh, life support system. Monkey does it. They're going, they're going. A little while later, monkey, uh, check out the window for whatever. Check the radiation. Monkey does it. And the human astronaut's getting kind of pissed off. He's like, why the hell am I here then? It's like, what the hell? I'm the first man in space... And you got the monkey doing all the work. And so he like gets on the gets NASA on the horn. He's like, hey, NASA, hello, what am I supposed to do? And NASA replies, don't touch anything. Just feed the monkey. So the dude says, Bunny needs more money. She's gotta feed the monkey. Which I always took to mean like the monkey represented like a drug habit or some like some bad sort of habit right. that you were kind of powerless to overcome. But the origin of Feed the Monkey is a little different than that. Well, is that the origin? Or is it just like a convergent evolution of the phrase? That would be pretty ironic, don't you think? Why is that? Because it's about a monkey. Oh, right, in evolution. Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. It's all tied together. Well, you think those are two, two separate phrases or two separate iterations of that, that kind of... Well, does, is the dude actually referring to this NASA? NASA? Not NASA. We're not in the Bahamas, but NASA joke? Well, I don't know, but I think that's the origin of this phrase. 
it had a the soccer coach just made a was getting called out for being racist because he referenced this joke. The soccer defender is like, "What am I supposed to do?" He's like, "Nothing. Just feed the monkey." But he was referring to the forward, their like ultra talented forward who just could go down and score. He's like, "You don't do anything. Don't touch anything. Just feed the monkey." But well, he, he even would, said, "Feed the space monkey." Feed the yes, feed the space monkey. But it was a black guy, and everybody was all up in arms, like pissed off because he was being a racist. Then we got a little too sensitive. Brad. Yeah. Well, I think even like looking at some of the stories on this, right? Even the people that are very that you know are, are activists leading the charge to get rid of um racism in sports and stuff. Um you know, I think put it best where he was saying, you know, this you know, this doesn't you know, it doesn't, he didn't anything wrong, demeans everything, anti-racism, campaigners. Right, right. It's just working at cross-purposes to yeah, our real goal. Yeah, over PC and petty right. when they're not, yeah. Right, exactly. So it seemed to be like a middle, like a tempest in a teapot of sorts, I guess. Not that yeah. I really know what a tempest in a teapot is. I, I it sounds right. I have a teapot, but I don't know what a... Short and stout. <laughs> tempest is... Really? Um, and that's that's what I got. So anything else on feeding the monkey? You just think it's uh, more of an urban dictionary. Yeah, well, urban dictionary says it's in essence. Yeah, well, there's also the question, like, you know, the monkey on your back, right? Right, right. So maybe he was kind of, maybe he'd heard that NASA joke, but he was referring to the monkey on your back thing. Because Conan's, what is it, his Twitter picture, isn't there a monkey, like, clawing over his back? Conan's Twitter picture. Yeah, his Twitter pic. The Barbarian? No, the other one, the Irishman. O'Brien. Conan O'Brien. Right, so he has a monkey on his back. Yeah. It's a secret message trying to tell us he's addicted to heroin? Well, he's, you know, he's it's always chasing him. I don't know if it's heroin, but, you know, it's the uh, it's that feeling of self-doubt and never being good enough. I mean, he's not the host of The Tonight Show, after all, is he? He was for a little while. Never get that monkey off his back, will he? You know what I mean? Hmm? I'm telling you, if you're not the host of The Tonight Show and you're a late-night talk show host, that's got to eat at you. Especially, no. Oh, you don't think? Yeah, probably. It's like, yeah, you won the Golden Globe for Best Directing, not the Oscar. Meanwhile, like, Joss Whedon's winning it or something. Or even worse, John Whipple. Hey, uh... The nihilist that gives up her toe, Brad? Yes. Yes. Is played by which 80s singer? There's another question. So that's question number eight. That is question number eight. That's correct. 
And not to put you on You're the You're going sp- way far ahead with that one. Well, I know. I'm just going in order, though, in, in the order in which I received them. Sure. Because no, I don't want to mix it up. Yeah. It's already too confusing. I mean, we haven't... What surprised me is, like, even here in episode 52, we haven't even gotten to the toe yet. No. No. Nope. I thought for sure this minute would have the toe in it. But it doesn't. It so doesn't. not only... So this is more or less the third minute where, for the most part, it is just the dude rambling. Blathering on, if you will. Blathering. It is really something to behold. He nails the blathering. You know, he's he's carrying this. Says something for him. I mean, if there's a moment, right, to love the dude, it's this moment, really. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And, you know, and the thing is, he's like, he's starting to embrace his role here at the beginning of this. And, like, kind of get into it a little bit. Like, ooh, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, rolling around L.A., solving some shit, figuring some shit out, new shit's coming to light. You know, he's kind of getting into it, and, like, he's he's feeling pretty good. He thought he lost the money. No, he's pretty sure that that was all just a con job, so it's not on him anymore. And he's starting to get into it. So he's like, because he's standing up to the titular Lebowski here a little bit. You know, he's like, no, listen, you weren't privy to all the new shit. It's like, hey, that's what you pay me for. He's really getting into his role here. Little does he realize yeah, that's he all thinks, about to be shot to hell. Yeah. He thinks he's at the top of his game. Top of his game. And I remember. And maybe that's why, you know, when I've complained in the past about the, uh, the dude, his kind of, uh, his cavalier, his cavalier in the jokery. face of danger thing. Like, I don't know. I, maybe that's just like not what I like about the dude or what I expect from him or why I like this movie. It's just really more, this right here somehow is what is so awesome about the dude to me. And Jeff Bridges' performance and everything is right here. This blathering incoherence. Maybe, like I said last time, it's just what I relate to, right? (laughs) Like, the dude in this limo is me. This is my life. I think I'm, like, so awesome, such hot shit. You know, things were down, but now they're good. I'm going to lay smack the wisdom down on these people. <laughs> and you're about to get handed a toe in an envelope. Yep. There's always a toe in an envelope waiting for you, Brad. Yep, but you know what? It never gets me down. Uh, well, you know, the Brad it never abides. never stops me. The Brad abides. The Brad abides. I don't know about you, but I like that. That wasn't real. That didn't sound anything like Sam Elliott. That sounded more like Sling Blade. Can't do accents. Uh, well, hmm. shit. We talked for a while. Yeah, it's this is one of those minutes where we don't really need to talk about the movie that much. Yeah, I mean, because the parts we did talk about the movie were barely even about this minute. I was just jumping around all over the place with license plates and crap. I was trying to look at the pattern of the the sun coming in through the window, like the pattern of the window there made by the sun on the back seat to the, you know, screen left. 
So I figured if they shot this outside, like that would move. They'd probably did a couple of takes back and forth and in different takes. It would move and get closer to the little Lincoln logo. It doesn't. It's just right there. So that's probably an HMI, big, big ass light shining through the window. Probably just on a sound stage. I, I want to, one visual slash character note is at uh, 5138. And of course, it's P.S. Hoff. They, the dude says, that's what you pay me for. And it just cuts back to the titular Lebowski just staring him down. And Brant with his lips squished up, hands, palms splayed, resting uncomfortably on his thighs. And he just with his squished up lips and furrowed brow just turns to the big Lebowski. Just turns with that look. It's like a two second long shot. I don't know if yeah. I really noticed it. It's beautiful though. Right. And well, this is where I lifts mean, his finger up once. Hmm. Grant has kind of moved from what we were talked about before, which is this horrible kind of uncomfortableness, to more like a tepid confusion. I'm so confused right now. <laughs> what has happened? Kind of a thing, kind of an expression. Which is preferable to the titular Lebowski losing his mind in fury. Fastly and furiously. Because that was horrifying. That was like Brant being on the ride at Knobles. He couldn't take much more of that. So I think tepid confusion is probably a preferable emotion for him. But is the poor guy ever something other than uncomfortable or confused? I don't think. He's like the Tom, Tom Coughlin of movie characters. But I know you don't know who that is. I don't. It's the coach of the New York Giants. He has two emotions. Anger and confusion. Tom Coughlin angry. You just search it. Do images. He's just angry. He's got a red face. He's just always angry or confused. Here's a yeah. good one. But the... Uh... But Brant's not angry. No, he's confused or uncomfortable. So what if I search, like, Tom Coughlin confused? Am I going to see a lot of those, too? Probably. Yeah, he does seem well, confused a lot. What do you mean he was offside, huh? What a, what a... He just doesn't have any other... And the best is when he gets really cold and he looks like a red-faced raccoon. Look, confused hands up in the... He's just always confused. Confused or angry. Or both, simultaneously. Brad, I hate to put you on the spot. Do it. You're going to need to come up with... Now we have... We did three additional questions, but we should have a Gutterballs-specific question. I don't have any. Can you think of one for, the, for our quiz here? Well, that really is. That's just, that, that really <laughs> is putting me on the spot here. I mean, there's no rules that we don't make up, so 
we gave three questions. We could give one more. I guess we wouldn't have to have a... Well... Well... Might you? Might you? I, I, I'm, I feel like I might. Something tickling the edges there? Tickling the edges of your consciousness? Okay, I got one. You got one? Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. All right, I just gotta... You, you want to make sure you get it right. Get all the nuance. Right. This might be a true or false question. All right. Hey, that's fine. It's a 50-50 chance. Sometimes you got to throw the listener a bone. Although it seems kind of weird. It's your question, man. I wonder what you're furiously Googling to find I'm this. Googling, <laughs> I'm Googling information. All about right. yourself? Yes. <laughs> about this podcast? Yes. Okay. All right. Here is, here is the question. Okay. I'm going to change. It's not true or false anymore. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's yes or no. <laughs> which, <laughs> which Jeff Fahey movie <gasps> do we not discuss? <laughs> I love it. I love it. So that is question number... Nine. That's going to screw up your whole ordering, though. Is uh, it 8A? I, no, well, I already kind of did it. I changed did the it. other ones. All right. I so did here it is. So question number nine is, to. which movie starring Jeff Fahey do we do not discuss? Okay, well, I want to get the verbiage... Okay, that's fine. Good enough. I said, which Jeff Fahey movie do we not discuss? Close enough. Which Jeff Fahey movie do we not discuss? Beautiful. I love it. Um, do you want to throw one other one, regular one in there? And No. No? Let's, Just, let's, good let's enough. stretch this out, man. All right. Good enough. We got four in there. And again, gutterballs.tv. Go to the contact. I guess that's. Or you can yeah. follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Tumblr. Yeah, just do it that way. Subscribe in your favorite podcast reader. Leave us a comment. Yeah. Somebody. Millions of ways to. Millions of options. You could go. You can do anything at gutterballs.tv, really, that you'd want. You could go. Well, you couldn't go to the YouTube channel and watch uh, shooters' classes over and over and over again. If you went to YouTube, then you could. Because I don't think you've put the link there still. But you've got a couple more years to get that all figured yeah. out before. We'll get, we'll get it. All right. Let's, uh, I mean, we could keep milking this for all it's worth, but. Um, let's do it. Let's let's uh, put a pin in it or put a pin out of it or something <laughs> related to a pin in it. Uh, good enough for me. Blam. I'm going to hit stop now. All right even though there was no poop deck. Next time on Gutterball. That wasn't her toe, dude. <laughs>